Good evening, everyone. So you're probably wondering why I'm saying good evening. It's because sadly I forgot to press the record button yesterday morning at church. Um, and so, but I just felt it was important though to, to still uh, record for us as a community what it is God laid upon my heart to share um, because it, it, it's really setting the foundation, uh, biblical foundation for what it means to be a people of honour, for what it means to have a community of honour. And we're, next week, next Sunday, we're going to expand upon that and look a bit more at the practical application. But uh, what I've done this Sunday was really look at biblically what, what does the Bible say about honour? Why is it so important? So as a church, we're in a very exciting time. Again and again, God is saying, I am doing a new thing among you. We feel the call of God to be a faith adventuring community, a people of the presence of God, a people who love God, love each other and do the works of Jesus and greater still. So over the, well, just before coming to the summer holidays, Sam and I were, were talking about what, 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 what should we be doing and what, what's God putting on our hearts to do after the Dwell series to do, to do over the summer. And we, we both felt that actually God, God is saying, go, go to 1 Corinthians 13 and, and draw it back to love. It's amazing seeing that passage in, in Corinthians and how it's sandwiched, isn't it, between chapter 12 which is talking about spiritual gifts and how we're a body and each part of the body is important and God gives grace to each part of the body and honour to each part of the body. And then Paul gets to the end of that exhortation and goes, but I will show you a better way. And then talks about how without love, even if we have the greatest of spiritual gifts, the most powerful insight, the working gifts of miracles, without love, even if we, we die as a martyr for the faith, but without love it's meaningless. And Sam, over the last few weeks, has done a really wonderful job of unpacking that for us and what it means to be a people who love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength. And over these next two weeks, really, what we're, we, we said we'd look at is actually, now, so what, what does it mean to then love our neighbour as ourselves? And actually, this week and next week, the focus was more to be on what's that mean for us as a community within the church and then the last week Sam again was going to look at what it means again for that outside of our community in, in our everyday lives um, and Sam and I both both felt led actually to to bring an emphasis to look at what what does it mean to honour one another we felt that that actually that's something God's speaking to us about in Romans 12 verse 10 it says this love one another with brotherly affection. So that's something we've been looking at, haven't we? That's, a, that's the kind of love that should be evident within the church. Love one another with brotherly affection and then outdo one another in showing honour. I, I believe that, that, there is, that we see a clear, a clear link, an intrinsic link in scripture between love and honour. Uh, and actually what... Just where I feel God has led us for today, what I'm going to do is, is like I say, set, set a biblical foundation, give us vision for why honour is so important. And then hopefully next week, God willing, what we'll do is we'll, we'll look at a bit more practical application and working of that for us as a church. So, so honour, what, what does it mean to honour one another? I think Wendy Mann, um, in her book, Leading as Sons and Daughters, discovering the joy of empowering others gives us a really good 
example of, or of rather definition of what honour means. She says, honour means to recognise a person's true value and worth and to treat them accordingly. So we, we honour someone by looking to see people and treat them in line with how God sees them. And by drawing out the treasure, the worth and the significance that God has given those people. In essence, what we're saying is we want to celebrate the grace of God in people's lives. Yet, this is so countercultural, isn't it? We live in a culture where it's commonplace, particularly if you look on social media, to put down people, to, to look to get one up on others. To, um, you, you could almost see it as, as so many people's lives are covered in mud and, and muck. And it's so easy for our focus to be on that. And that's the thing we talk about people for. That's the thing we remember people for. And yet everyone sees that. And yet, yet what God calls us to is to, 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 to pull out the treasure from within. To celebrate the evidence of God in people's lives. What, what he has done. The gold, the diamonds, the treasure. Pull it out from the muck and celebrate it and give weight to what God has done and is doing in people's lives. We are to turn the world's culture upside down as God's kingdom is an upside down culture. I mean, imagine people coming into the church and being met with honour, with love and with grace. And that's not what people would be expecting, I don't think, but that's actually what God's kingdom is like. That's what the culture of heaven is like and that's what God is calling us to as a church. So I think there's this clear biblical principle that life flows through honouring. Sam looked at the other day um, from Proverbs where it says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And what, a lot of the things that we've looked at from our series on dwell, of, of what it means to be a people of the presence of God, is that God's, God's spirit, God's presence brings life. It brings life wherever it comes and wherever it flows from. And so actually, I think as we build this, this culture of honour, we, we really push forward in honouring one another and honouring God and ourselves and those outside the church, we will really see God's kingdom coming and flowing through us. So let's just start with Luke 11 verse 2. It says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. So that's Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. His disciples had seen him praying, had seen something that, 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 that they, they, they knew how to pray, really, didn't they? As in, they, they, they were Jews, they'd been brought up in a tradition of praying and seeking God. And yet, that Jesus, there was something in the way that he prayed and his relationship with God and the way he communed with God and heard God that, that they were like, we're, we're, we're missing out. Well, God, God, Jesus, Jesus, teach us to pray. I was listening to a talk by Simon Holly the other day, uh, and he said, Father, hallowed be your name. It literally, this is what it says, it's Father, honoured as holy be your name. Father, honoured as holy be your name. And what comes directly after that is, let your kingdom come. God, let your kingdom come. God wouldn't call us, Jesus wouldn't teach us to pray, God let your kingdom come. He wouldn't tell us to seek his kingdom first 
before all other things and then God will provide our needs in life. He wouldn't tell us to do that if, if he didn't expect his kingdom to come. God says actually often we do not have because we do not ask. He wants us to ask in faith that his kingdom comes and come with an expectancy that his kingdom life will come and flow. So when the king is honoured, when we pray and say honoured, honoured be your name, honoured as holy be your name, then God's kingdom comes. There's a link there. See, one day, if we jump to the book of Revelation, it says one day every knee will bow. One day the whole world will bow at the knee and honour King Jesus. But what will happen on that day? It says that the kingdom of God will fully come. We won't see it fully now, but on that day when the whole world honours God, God's kingdom will fully come. There's this connection between honouring God and kingdom life on the earth. So do we truly want to see God's kingdom come in our town? Is that something we're passionate for? Do we want to see the love of Christ, the grace of Christ touching everyone? We're, we're called to be a people of reconciliation, a people that, that are bringing those that are far from God, that, that have fallen from him, that are, that are far from his glory, back to him, reconciling them to him. The only way through that is by putting them their faith in Christ Jesus. Through God's kingdom coming and we see the honouring God releases his kingdom life but God is not the only one that we're called to honour if we go back to thinking about the ten commandments last week um, we saw how not just the ten commandments but all 613 commandments I believe that's the right figure uh, of of the law in the old testament are fulfilled by the greatest two being fulfilled loving God with all yourself, with your heart, mind, soul and strength and loving your neighbour as yourself. But if we were to go to these Ten Commandments, return to Deuteronomy 5, what we'll see is that there's only one of these commandments that comes with its own specific promise attached. It says this, so this is Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. Honour your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So honour brings life. If you honour your father and mother, the promise wasn't just that God will bring you many long days, But also, it conveys this meaning, that your days will be characterised by God's presence and favour. Do we want to live in a way where our days are characterised, by our lives are characterised by God's presence and favour, and that wherever we go, people encounter God's presence and favour among us? The really interesting thing I find here is if we jump to verse 33, what we see is that that same same promise just for that 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 one verse of honour your father and mother almost not quite word for word but it's pretty much the same promise is given for if you follow all the commandments it says this so this is verse 33 you shall walk in all the way that the lord your god has commanded you that you may live and it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land 
that you shall possess. So once again, God is saying, if you, if you give yourselves to following all my commandments, you will live many days that are characterised by God's presence and favour. It makes me think, maybe if, if someone went on to ask Jesus, what is the third greatest commandment? Now, this is just my speculation. I'm not saying this is what the Bible actually says. But, but I wonder, I wonder if Jesus would have said, honour your father and mother. You see, do you see, see how I'm getting there? It's because, because the promise given for all those commands being fulfilled, it's the same promise as just that one specific one being given. So I'm not saying that comes above love. For truly to honour people well and to value them well, it's got to come from that foundation of love. But, but what I'm saying is, do you see that intrinsic that, that link, that intrinsic link between love and honour? Like I say, I don't think that passage can be, is, is just limited to honour your father and mother. But I think what, there is this general principle within the Bible of honour. Honouring one another. Honouring God, honour yourself and life will flow. Next, we see God models honouring for us. Just like Sam and Pat, Pat the other day, that we can only love God how we should love him because he first loved us and it's the same with loving others we can only really love him in the way that we we fully can or fully should by knowing the love of God first honouring isn't just something God tells us to do or commands us to do but it's something that he models for us and so calls us to live that way because it is good for us Psalm 8 verse 5 says yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. Where it says him there, it's actually talking about mankind. It's a bit more obvious. And so I'm reading that from ESV and the NIV maybe makes it a bit more obvious. But I could reread that as you have made mankind a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned mankind with glory and honour. This isn't just talking about those that are saved. This is saying all humanity has been touched by, given something of the glory and honour of God. And this makes sense, doesn't it? Because we are all made in his image. Wow. So, so when we're thinking, as we all do in a few weeks, even about, about honouring those even that aren't in Christ and seeing them how God sees them, there is still this, this thing where we can say, actually, everyone's made in God's image. Everyone's being bestowed some kind of grace and honour and glory from God. And so... For everyone in the world, there is something we can treat them in a way of love and honour. I mean, we even see that uh, Peter commands us to honour everyone and says, even honour the emperor. And at the time, that was Nero. Nero was such an oppressive uh, emperor to Christians and, and abusive and corruptive. And yet there was still something in that where, where we could recognise that, that God had brought him into authority and we were to, to honour honor him. But yeah, this, as I say, this gets even more exciting. If we turn to John 17, verse 22, 
This is what's known as Jesus' high priestly prayer. And so this is him praying to God the Father. And he says, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. The word for glory here in the Greek is doxa, which elsewhere is translated as honour. I owe that to Simon Holly as well, just for pointing that out to me. But, but it's really, really helpful. That's why I wanted to draw upon it this, this morning, or this evening as the case may be. So let me read the verse again. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one as we are one. So there is something about glory and honour and value among the Trinity and being shown in the Trinity and that the Father has given to the Son, that the Son has then given to us, that we may be one as they are one. We have been pulled into relationship with them. And when we think about the word glory, or actually what, what, what the different, I guess, uh, emphasis that we can take from the word doxa so it's got glory its significance its value its weightiness so we could say the glory the significance the value the weightiness that the father has given to jesus jesus has honored us with the glory the significance the value the weightiness that the father has given to jesus jesus has honored that Jesus has honoured us with. Wow. Wow. Just let that truth settle in for a moment. Wow. You see, when God says to Jesus, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. You know, the Father says that over us as well. We are His treasured possession. He delights in us, He, he loves us us god gives each of us value he gives each of us significance i'm not saying that that we deserved our salvation but do you know what christ is now in us there's that verse in in colossians 127 christ is in us the hope of glory once again you could say christ in us the hope of honor because one day we're going to be in heaven, truly, fully participating, understanding, seeing, soaked in the glory of God. But that is also going to be an atmosphere, culture of honour up there. But there is, there is something significant here that we, we can't miss as well. We need to recognise that we are crowned with glory and honour by God. We need to recognise the honour the honor, sorry, that God has given us. You see, if we can't recognise the honour and the glory that God has given us, we will struggle to honour it in others. It comes back to that principle of love our neighbour as ourselves. How can we love our neighbours well if we don't love ourselves well? 
and we enter this journey, don't we? Of we have to know the love of God and keep growing in the love of God, which then grows us in our love for Him and our love for others. But we have to learn to accept that love from God. Otherwise, if we don't accept it, if we put up our shield, if we're too British, if we're too British about it and say, "No, God, I can't fully accept Your love. I can't. I can't see really how You delight me, delight in me." You know. You know. If we if we go to the songs Solomon and Clive. Chernick so recently so so helpfully opened up for us seeing that that actually the 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 lady in the song is can be can be seen biblically as the bride of Christ and the man in the song is Christ and we see this wonderful beautiful thing this depth of relationship you could almost say that they're crazy in love with each other head over heels in love with each other that is how Christ is for us and how he wants us to be with him and there's this moment in it where, where the man, where, where Jesus says to his bride, why are you hiding in the rock? Don't hide your face from me. Don't hide your voice from me. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. You know what? Jesus says that over us. Are we, are we hiding our face from him? Are we buried away in our phones or watching TV or just in the busyness of life. And Jesus is calling to us as his, as his dove is calling to us, he's beckoning us, he's saying, come, come, be with me. Sit with me for that is better. I want to know intimacy with you. I want to, I want to, to, to know your voice and your face. You know, God invites us. He says, come seek my face. God wouldn't tell us to do that if his face wasn't there to be sought. This is wonderful, this is beautiful. But if we cannot see that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, have Christ in us the hope of glory, we will also not see and celebrate this truth in others. God calls us to honour him, to honour ourselves and to honour each other. And as we do this, his kingdom life and his power will flow. Wow. Wow. All of you that were, were with us this Sunday morning, I hope, I hope you can agree that we had such a wonderful time of worship. Such a wonderful time of honouring God. I mean, I think it must have been roughly half an hour we worshipped for. Half an hour. We only did two songs. <laughs> and yet, we had this wonderful time of, I, 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 to me, God was just saying, my gentleness, my, my gentleness has just been revealed to you this day. And as, as, as Lou and I were leading worship, I could just look out and see people were just engaging, loving your presence and people were bringing contributions. And then we had this whole flow of, of good news stories that we got to celebrate, good news stories, hearing of the work of God among us, of answered prayer among us because we honoured God, because we honoured him in these situations and said, God, we need you to come. We honoured God in worship and said, God, we honour you. And God, God you know what? God honours that and he turns up. When we honour him and seek him with all our heart, when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. What a joy. Let me just pray for us now. I'm going to pray for us now. And like I say, next week, we're going to look to unpack a bit more. Okay, okay, what does this look like for us as a community then? God, we love 
that you are with us. God, we love your presence. Lord, and I love the fact that, that as Sam and I were just talking about what, what it is you want to do in us, how, how you want to grow us, Lord, we both felt drawn to love and we both felt drawn to honouring. Lord, thank you for this wonderful thing that you called us to, to love, to passionate love, to authentic honour, valuing, recognising the significance and the marks of you and you at work. And we thank you, Lord, that, that when, when we truly honour one another, we are light to the world. We bring your kingdom life and we reflect you. Help us to receive your honour, that we may honour you, honour ourselves and honour each other with real hearts of passionate love and compassion. We ask in your name. From the youngest of us to the oldest of us. Come and touch us afresh by your spirit. Come and blow by the wind of the spirit among us. And help us to love and to honour. We ask in your name. Amen.